Dante Florenzi, eccolo il cross tagliato di testa che gol! 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 È il magnifico! Il magnifico! Il magnifico rettore! Entertainment capital of the world. What a strike! What a goal! What a comeback! What a game! There are no words to describe it! It's the TC Martin Show. Léger hors jeu, mais cette fois-ci, il n'y en a pas pour Marco Reus. Très fort devant le but! Oh, Prescription from the doctor, T.C. Martin. Largo pifio. Messi la tiene. Messi, Messi, Messi. Ahí está Iniesta. Gol. 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 Cerebro. Cerebro. Cerebro Iniesta. The doctor is now in. Greatest of all time to ever do it, Lionel Messi. Nunchuck bringing me back with some memories there as always. Greatly appreciate you. Jose Volonte, my guy Chris Wynn, up in the studio. You are tuned into the TC Martin Show, live here on 1400 AM KSHB Radio, 107.1 on your FM dial. And, of course, streaming worldwide, tcmartinshow.com. Our number one in the books. A lot of good little college football banter there, giving you our thoughts and uh, everything that we feel when it comes to these college bowl games right now. West Virginia up 7-0 against North Carolina, 5-17 to go there in the first quarter. Virginia Tech took care of Tulane, 41-20 final in the Military Bowl presented by GoBowling.com. Two more games later on tonight, USC taking on Louisville, and of course, Texas A&M taking on Oklahoma State in the Tax Act Texas Bowl. A couple other scores here to talk about. English Premier League, Wolves beat Brentford 4-1. Man City on the road, 3-1 over Everton and Chelsea going down to Crystal Palace. I'm sorry, Chelsea taking down Crystal Palace 2-1 today. And in college basketball, the mighty, mighty Grand Canyon taking down Batesta. 124 to 74, Chris. Do you have any coin on that one? I did not have any ducats <laughs> on that tilt. Uh UNLV getting back into the mix coming up this weekend. Yeah. They're taking on uh, Carroll, Montana. Jose, That's are, an are interesting you, one. I, I, I don't I'm, I'm I could be wrong, but Carol Montana might have been in my my college conference uh, back in the day. Framingham State, Framingham State. Isn't Division Framingham State Three, baby. I've never heard of that uh, school, and I'm not so sure it's a Division One school that the Running Rebels will be taking on. No. And, well, by the way, a quick note about the game last night, right, guys, and the coverage on ESPN. Faux pas. I, I throw a flag on ESPN. Hey, okay, when you're when you're putting up graphics of UNLV and it's anything but the women the women's basketball team which is outstanding by the way yeah. or the men's basketball team you do not put up a graphic of running rebels it's not they're not the running rebels and ESPN in the background behind Trevor Maddich and the guys at halftime had a running rebel logo up there our colleague uh uh Willie Pops Ramirez yeah. pointed this out on X and uh, not, a, not a good look, ESPN. Come on, get it together, all right? I know it's kind of a tongue-in-cheek, not really a big deal, but, it, you know, you don't put the, the running Rebels graphic up when you're talking about UNLV football. Just saying. Speaking of football and speaking about the weekend, Chris, we had a lot of NFL action happen throughout yeah. days, not just a normal Sunday that we're used to. We had a whole weekend full of it. And we talked about the Raider game. We are talking about the Raider game before we went on to commercial break and just about the fact of, what the viewership was like, right? So I want to throw this out there to you guys. Numchuk brought this to my attention. CBS Sports and Nickelodeon delivered the most watched NFL Christmas Day game since 1989 with more than 29 million viewers. CBS and Nickelodeon averaged 29, what is it? 29,100, well, no, 29.71 million viewers for the Raiders Chiefs Christmas Day game, up 29% from last year's game. Game peaked at 37.1 million viewers, which is insane. Raiders Chiefs is the most watched Christmas Day program ever. Read that again. Raiders Chiefs is the most watched Christmas Day game program, Christmas Day program ever on CBS with 28 million viewers. Nickelodeon's game, which they also showed the game for all you watchers with kids and all that out there, mm -hmm. 
was watch Christmas Day, and the program was later on afternoon time slot. It was the first time in over 10 years that they had over 893,000 viewers. So with all due respect, for people that said that the Nickelodeon thing wouldn't work, it's working, right? People are watching it. Their kids are getting more involved. I know my kids are getting more involved. But going away from the ratings and what people did see, let's talk about what we saw. We saw a Raider team that went into Kansas City to beat a Kansas City team that it hasn't been that easy for them to go into Kansas City and beat Kansas City for a very long time, right? Some people are questioning should Antonio Pierce keep this job? Yeah. Should he be the guy moving forward next season? But if he is also the guy moving forward, what do you do with the defensive coordinator? Do you keep your defensive coordinator or do you make that move as well? Because think about it. Antonio Pierce is doing a decent job with a coaching staff he inherited. He's not doing something with a coaching staff that he created and put together and brought together from the beginning of the season, right? We go back to a few years ago. Special teams guy, uh, was it Rich Passaccia? Mm-hmm. Jumps in, takes over, does a tremendous job with all the turmoil and everything going on. Everyone was asking for him to keep the job. Media, fans, everywhere you can see, even the players wanted him to stay. We saw what happened. They go an opposite route, doesn't work out. Now we're back in the same position. I'll be honest with you, Chris. I love Antonio Pierce. I love how he is in the locker room. I love how he's so personal. And I love how he takes this Raider team so personal. It's in his blood. It's where he's from. He grew up a Raider fan. We get that. We've heard the spiel. We've heard the story. But I don't know if I'm that quick to jump on that boat just yet, Chris, and say, let's give him the job. I'm not saying he's not deserving of it just yet. Great win. But how good is Kansas City really is the next question you have to ask yourself. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. They went in there and beat a Kansas City team, but not a Kansas City team that's been firing on all cylinders. They beat a Kansas City team that's struggling and having some issues there. Isaiah Pacheco being out a few times this season hasn't helped them out. They can't figure out their wide receiver position, who's going to be the guy who's going to step up. But at the end of the day, they still went into Kansas City. They still got a huge W. But I don't know if it's sustainable for a full season with Antonio Pierce, Chris. How do you feel about the job that he's done so far? And do you think he should get a chance to keep this job moving forward? Yeah, so obviously this is a question that is going to be extremely difficult for Mark Davis and the powers that be with the Raiders. By the way, there's still two games left, right? And it's yeah. going to be a factor as, still to, make the as to what their decision is and what direction that they do go. Um, you kind of talked about the dynamics, right, when it comes to the coach and the coordinators and how that all works. So, I mean, look, just off the top of my head, I'm thinking, you know, you know h- how these things are normally done. If you're going to hire a head coach, all right, uh, the head coach is going to make that decision, right, regarding coordinators, regarding assistant coaches, whatever. So if Antonio Pierce, let's say for the sake of argument, is named the head coach full time, he's going to be the one that makes the decision regarding Offensive coordinator, defense coordinator, and beyond. Um, to me, uh, a, a, an interesting question, too, also, is the fate of Champ Kelly, right? Because you're talking about the, the firing on Halloween night of Josh McDaniels and Ziggler, right? And so you had the kind of, you know, uh, kind of a history-making thing when it comes to the Raiders of both a GM and a coach switch, you know, uh, instantaneously, right? So I'm going to be curious as to, you know, Mark Davis's views when it comes to champ kelly right as far as the general manager because you know this as well as as i do jose being a jets fan myself as a lions fan uh me if i'm the the owner or if i'm the 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 president or someone that's in charge of building my team uh i'm gonna go the traditional route i'm hiring the gm first (laughs) then having the gm hire the coach right i mean it's not as i don't necessarily know if it's a beneficial thing if you're going to have a you're going to hire say for example hire antonio pierce right and then you're going to bring in a general manager after that and say hey gm i know this is your team that you're supposed to be the you know uh the architect and the building blocks of this of this organization but you hey by the way you got to take antonio pierce as your head coach so i i'm, I'm curious Tough how the, you know what i'm saying so i'm curious how this is going to all work out and how mark davis does this um now, look, it, I'm telling you, it's going to be a factor what happens in these next two games, okay? If they lose these next two games, they go one and one, right, and they don't make the playoffs, I think it's going to make it an easier decision for a guy like a Mark Davis, Jose, to say, okay, maybe grass is greener somewhere else, i.e., you know, Jim Harbaugh, i.e., uh, Ben Johnson, you know what I mean? Like, 
maybe going a different direction as far as Antonio. I get it, right, Jose? Just in the last 24, 48 hours, you and I have have been exposed to all things Raider Nation, right, Numchuck and and, and, and and TC Martin Show Nation out there. We know what Raider fans, you know, if, if they start winning games and if they close out the season with a couple wins and, by, you know, by some uh, freak thing they – they don't make the playoffs or do make the playoffs. Raider fans are going to be like Antonio Pierce is our guy. Let's 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 stick with Antonio Pierce. That doesn't that doesn't that's not going to necessarily affect Mark Davis. Mark Davis is going to make the decision himself. So, um, I, I'm still up in the air as far as you know, and maybe this is a cop out answer, or maybe it's not. I'm still up in the air as far as Antonio Pierce as the guy here. Personally, I don't think he is. I think they should go a different direction. And by the way, if they get a Jim Harbaugh, I think that's a home run. If they, be, if they get end up, it, it, say for example, Michigan wins the national championship, you know, you know, in a couple of weeks, and uh, you know, and and Jim Harbaugh says, okay, I just won a national championship in Michigan, my alma mater. Uh, I want to go back to the NFL and actually win a Super Bowl and not lose to my brother. So uh, I think that that'd be very intriguing to say the least to get a guy like a Jim Harbaugh here in Vegas. So I guess I, I'll wrap this up by saying, in a nutshell, I think a change is coming. Uh, but I don't necessarily know exactly what the details are of the change, and I I'm not necessarily in the camp that th- thinking that Antonio Pierce is going to keep this job. So I'll tell you this: I don't do sources. I'm not that guy. Mm-hmm. I, I I've never been that guy. But I have spoken to a few people that are close to the situation, that are close to the Raiders and all that. And this is just hearsay. This isn't anything that's real or anything like that. Yeah. Everything I'm hearing is that even if they don't make the playoffs, but they look at least competitive in these next two games, yeah. the locker room loves him so much that Mark might take that opportunity to keep him. Now, let's hear from the players because, again, we don't know how the players truly feel, but let's hear from Devontae Adams on his support for the coach. They're playing for him. Yeah, well, I think it's just more about, I don't I don't know if the team's like, oh, let's go and, and ball out for AP to get the job. You know, that's that's not really the thought process of the, the guys, but it's more about playing as hard as you can for the man himself. And then, you know, those things kind of work themselves out. So um, it's, it definitely gave him a better, better shot. Um, I'm definitely rooting for him. I mean, I love the guy. I love what he's brought. His mentality is, his, um, you know, his passion for the game is, is undeniable. You can see it every single day. Um, the, his evolution as far as even speaking to the team and just the head coachness of, of, of the deal is something that you kind of got to learn and um, kind of coming to your own. Same as, as being a captain on a team or, you know, a leader on a, on a football team. You got you to gotta learn the way to lead men. And, He's done a great job of that, and he's, he's been uh, ever since he spoke to us when we had our little um, deal before before Josh left. Uh, you know, he left the lasting impression on everybody, definitely me, and I think we connected from that. It sounds like the team in this locker room has his back, Chris. Yeah. It seems like they probably want to keep him there and they want him around, but at the end of the day, it's all up to Mark Davis. Mm-hmm. I'll be honest with you, make you, you got to take your time with this decision, yeah. Chris, because. They've gone too quick too many times. They've pulled the trigger to hire someone when they shouldn't have hired certain people. You know what I mean? The whole John Gruden situation is what it is. They paid him a lot of money. He's gone. All that happened. But at the end of the day, if the Raiders make the playoffs and make it convincingly in these last two games, right, and play their hearts out and play well, I think you got to give Antonio a shot. At least. At least give him a three-year deal. Something, Something not too crazy and show me what you can do. Now, if you regress the next year, okay, let's see what happens. Year two, we'll figure it out where you're at. But again, these next two games are huge, Chris. Let's be real. They're not going to win the Super Bowl or anything like that. No. It's all yeah. moral victories at this I point. Mean, we, and, and Numchuck and I broke this down on the show yesterday. Look, there's a lot of scenarios that have to present themselves on the back for the Raiders end. to even get in the postseason. So, But you make a great point. Okay, look. Uh, you know, Mark Davis, yes, is going to have the final call here. It's Captain Obvious take right yeah. there. Okay, obviously. We, we know that. All right. Um, and it's going to be a major factor as far as the players overall, their, their impressions of Antonio Pierce. And as you just play, we just played right there. Yes, the, the players are on board with an Antonio Pierce. By the way, uh, 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 we, we've covered the NFL and been fans of the NFL for a long time. Have you ever uh, heard the phrase uh, head coachiness? That's that was a that's head a new one that he no. tossed out there that uh, that he tossed out on that clip there. I had never I'd never heard that phrase before, but uh, interesting. But that being said, look, no, it, it is, it is a, it's, I'm telling you right now, okay? I kind of look at it like this. If a Jim Harbaugh is out there, right? 
or if there is another name out there that there that exudes confidence into Mark Davis, and again, the powers that be around Mark that will help make the decision. Another great point you make, by the way. No need to make a snap decision here. No need to go quickly here. You can take, you know, a decent amount of uh, the next few months to make this decision and 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 cross all your uh, T's and dot all your I's when it comes to the Raiders here in this deal. But uh, I mean, I'm telling you, man, if they if a Harbaugh is available and wants to come to Vegas, all right, and coach the Raiders, that's gonna be that's gonna be option number one in my opinion. Hundred percent. Okay. Yeah. Uh, can I see a scenario, obviously, that you just presented where that, you know, they give, they give Antonio Pierce the job. It's not, you know, uh, pussyfooting and ha- putting half, uh, you know, your foot, uh, tapping your foot in the water. I mean, yeah, you give him a three year deal. You're giving him a three year deal. You're expecting him to be the coach. You're expecting success out of him yeah. as the guy. Okay. So you're, you're, you're sold on him, right? right? If you give him a deal. Um, could that happen? Absolutely. It could happen. Right. But again, we're going to see how this plays out with these next two games, regardless of whether or not they get into the postseason, just to see what this team does as far as closing out the season against the Colts, and then, of course, against the Broncos to, uh, uh, in, the, in the season finale. And I think that's going to go a long way to kind of making uh, the decision for Mark Davis and, uh, and, f- and for the powers that be that are silver and black. And regardless of who they keep, Chris, they got to find a quarterback because 9 of 21 passing for 62 yards in a football game, I don't care how good your run game was, is not going to continue to win you a game. Now, you mentioned Raiders playing Denver at the end of yeah. the season. Whole another scenario there. Denver just announced Russell Wilson benched for the next two games while they're going to start Jared Stidham. They're trying to go in a different op- uh, different direction, see what they have towards the end of the year with this kid because it hasn't worked out. One in four in their last five games, I believe it was, uh, for the Broncos after starting slow, getting hot, and then going back on the backseat once again. Now, it begs to differ the question. $37 million, you don't want to pay this guy? Is that why we're sitting him now? Because you don't want him to get hurt? Because then you got to pay him? Like, how does that all that work? You know what I mean? Like, you have to think about that with the whole Russell Wilson thing. Is this really the end of the road for him in Denver? There's there's rumors that he's going to be in Atlanta next year with the Falcons, that he'll be their starting quarterback. Like, everything's all over the place now, and he just got benched. Is this the last that we've seen of Russell Wilson in Denver? Well, you know, Jose, what does this bring to mind for a lot of football fans when they see this scenario playing out in Denver? It's Las Vegas. What happened <laughs> with Jimmy Garoppolo, right? You're talking about a guy who you brought in expecting to be the franchise guy, yep. you know, the big-time player, the guy that's going to get you to the playoffs and, and, and get you to be a successful team. And that's what the, the Raiders thought they were getting in Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. Obviously, that's what the Broncos thought they were getting in Russell Wilson. And now, yes, for two, for two, with two games left in the season, you're going to Jared Stidham. To me, it's just a bailout. If you're if you if you're if you're asking me, someone who has no dog in the fight when it comes to the, to the Broncos, I think you're just bailing out on the season. And I think there could be something to the point that you just made, though, that they don't want to get uh, Russell Wilson hurt in the last two games of the year, and maybe just see what you have with Stidham, even though you have no intention of thinking he's the guy, and that you're going to go right back to Russell Wilson at the end. Of, and and they might have already had a conversation with Russell about this and said, hey, we just want to take take a look at this guy and kind of showcase him. And, uh, you know, and, and you're still our guy. Sean Payton, you know, being the slick cat that he is, probably is saying, hey, you're still our guy here. We just want to take a look at this kid. I could see that being kind of what is transpiring there. But, uh, yeah, I was a little bit surprised by that. But, uh, but going back to the, the quarterback situation here in Vegas, right, Jose, because I want to bounce this off you. Yeah. They get the win, right, against the, against the Chiefs because of two great defensive plays, right? To, to, you know, defensive scores. Defensively, they stepped up big time. At Arrowhead yeah. in in a in a marquee game, offensively the Raiders are a mess right now. Okay, I, I, I'm sorry, they just are. I mean, obviously Josh Jacobs, you know, you know, is a major factor. Uh, you know, they haven't had the production from Hunter Renfrew all season long. Um, you know, Devontae Adams is Devontae Adams, still one of the best receivers in the league. Aiden O'Connell, I, I, I'll say it. This is maybe hot takeish, Jose. I don't think he's a NFL quarterback. I don't think he's an NFL starting quarterback. That that's my story. I'm sticking to it. Um. It's kind of played out that way from a statistical standpoint, at least, uh, recently. Uh, if you're going to look at the Minnesota game, you're going to look at this game that just went down. Uh, he was awful. Okay. And they still won the football game. So that was kind of crazy, but uh, there's no question in my mind that the Raiders, when it comes to the, the off season coming up, Jose Vellante, I got to get your take. What dire- they're, they're going a different direction at quarterback and whether they're trying to get the kid out of LSU or trying to, you know, maneuver in the draft or whatever. They're going to be looking to go after another quarterback. Um, 
Uh, or, or do they go back to Garoppolo? I mean, what? I, I'm still Hell no. They, so, you, so, so the Garoppolo, the Garoppolo experiment situation is over. Is over in, in that Vegas? only worked I mean, with McDaniel's if he was here. That's the only reason that was going to work. Okay, I think, but it didn't work. So the ship has sailed then on Garoppolo. I he's think. done. Uh, are you, are you going to try to trade him? I guess or what? Do like, you what? trade for Jay Fields for Justin? Justin Fields. That, that, what do you think about that, Jose? Little, because uh, little, little rejuvenation. The, the, the Bears can take Caleb. Yeah, the Bears have a lot right now going on because of the mm-hmm. Carolina Panthers pick, right? Yeah, they, and they have two picks, right? The first three That's picks. That's what I'm saying. That's two what of the I'm first saying. three picks in the draft. You know what? So, I'll be honest with you. If you're going to protect Justin, you got weapons here in Vegas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying he's going to be the savior, but if you're trying to restart, it's like drafting a number one pick that's got a little bit of NFL think, seasoning now. Yeah. And he knows the good. He knows the bad. Holding the organization. Gets to start over again. Damn, you kind of threw that one at me. I, 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 I like that one. I actually do like that one. Starting all over again, you try to find a way to bring in someone like Justin. I can, I'll take Justin. But what's your thoughts, Jose? I got to get your thoughts, Jose. Aiden O'Connell. Not, Is he's he an not NFL, NFL quarterback? quarterback? No. No. He's a third standpoint? stringer at best. He's a third stringer at best. Okay. You, you cannot be an NFL quarterback when you go nine for 21 or 62 yards. Okay. And you don't score a point against the Minnesota Vikings. I love the story. I love what he's done. He's yeah. came in, riled up the team, the whole Tommy DeVito style thing. You know yeah. what I mean? It's great. It's great to see the stories. The and two the wins over the two New York exactly. teams. Sorry, Jose. Exactly. I had to toss that out you there. You know what I mean? Throw it out there. But <laughs> at, the, at the end of the day, it was a good story mm-hmm. for now. It's going to end once the season is over. Yeah. Do I see the Raiders keeping him, though? Yes. I think he's done enough oh, yeah. to gain their respect and stay as a backup on this team. Absolutely. I, don't, I don't think they go anywhere else. <laughs> But man, Justin Fields, you got me thinking on that one now, don't you? That Justin Fields. It's interesting one. to think about, right? Wearing right? that wearing that silver and black that one, here yeah. in Vegas, see Justin Fields out there. And look, I'm I'm in that camp. Look, as, as a fan of, of of the NFC North, I don't I don't like seeing Justin Fields on the other sidelines yeah, coming exactly. And by the way, and I gotta did, do they, this. They took out my Detroit Lions. And I gotta do and this. It's because of him. Because yeah. I finally get to see you in person, Chris. Yeah. First time in 30 years. Appreciate it. Detroit Lions win the conference, yes. win the division. Quick, you probably already talked yeah. about it. How does it feel? From it feels a, great. From it feels Detroit great. Lions it feels fan. great. Look, myself, you, you, you know, uh, there's a lot of us Detroit Lions fans in here Vegas, in Vegas. Yeah. All right, from from Clay to, to Feldman to all these guys. So we have a predisposed feeling when it comes to our Lions team, right? Okay. We expect the worst. We expect, uh, you know, horrific play. We expect to be mediocre or sub mediocre, right? Even with great players on our team, from Barry Sanders to Calvin Johnson and beyond. Yeah. I have to say, my foot is in my mouth when it comes to head coach Dan Campbell and the Detroit Lions. Dan Campbell comes out with this fiery, you know, fiery press conference when he's hired as the head coach, talking about taking kneecaps out. Came <laughs> off kind of, and Jose, I got to get your thoughts on this because he comes off right as kind of like a rah rah, you know, in your face former player, you know, meathead kind of. That's kind of how it came off, right? He didn't come off as like a serious guy. Came off as someone that it, it was. It, it felt a lot like it was going to be uh, you know, par for the course for the Detroit Lions. Mm-hmm. They were going to have a couple of seasons where they were okay. They were going to lose games they weren't supposed to lose. They just weren't going to be. That was that was the consensus, mm-hmm. right? And especially started out that way last year, right? Yep. Last year they start off one and seven on the season, and it was like, hell, here we go again, Detroit Lions. But the f- script has completely flipped, Jose Volante. It has absolutely flipped. Now they become one of the darlings of the NFL. You have uh, dynamic players on both sides of the football. They're feared, on Defensively Chris. with Aiden Hutchinson and Brian Branch. Offensively, obviously, when you're talking about you know the likes of Gibbs. And uh, you know Jared Goss had a resurgence in Detroit since his time in Los Angeles with the Rams. You have the trade with Stafford, and that whole thing went down. Uh, it feels really good. Uh, I'll wrap it up by saying that. It feels really good. 30 years, Jose Vellante, you were a very, very young buck. Nine years old. Back when the Lions won the NFC Central. This was the NFC. It wasn't the NFC North, Jose Vellante. Forgot about that. It was the NFC Central, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the division. The last time the Lions won it. And uh, they've never won the NFC North. So uh, they've come close a couple of times with those Calvin Johnson and Stafford teams in the mid-2010s. But uh, now the next step, win a playoff game, right? Get to the playoffs. You're going to have a home playoff game. Ironically, Jose, it could be against the likes of the Los Angeles Rams. Right yeah. now, if the season ended today, the Lions would be locked into the three seed, the Rams, I believe, in the six seed. And so you'd have that matchup. That'd that would be interesting. Uh, that would be juicy for NFL fans out there. 
But uh, now the next step is to win a playoff game. And, of course, uh, what, what seems like for us Honolulu Blue and Silver Lions fans, Jose, would be unthinkable was the possibility that the Lions could be playing in, in the Super Bowl here in Las Vegas coming in February. I mean, it would be, it'd be extraordinary if that were to shake out. Don't, again, much like you and I just talked about with the Raiders and as far as them making the playoffs or in the Super Bowl, I don't think the Lions are winning the Super Bowl this year. But yes, it is a point of pride and people are pumped because Detroit is in the playoffs and now are in a division champs. So I know we got to go to break, but I'm going to throw one at you real quick yeah. when it comes to the Lions. You said... You put your foot in your mouth because of Dan Campbell and you thought... I thought he was going to be a good head coach, yeah. I am the same way, but with Jared Goff. I don't know if you remember, when this trade went down, all I said was, the Lions got the worst of this trade, the Rams are going to win the Super Bowl, they're going to be good for a few years with Stafford, and it's going to work out. Jared Goff has completely proved everyone wrong and shown he is a franchise quarterback. He can lead a team to a championship, even though it's a division title, Got the first step out of the yeah. way. He's doing it. He should be loved and and, and and given everything in Detroit right now because of what he's done in his short time there. He's showing that he's worth it. He's showing that he's legit. And if he gets them to a Super Bowl, that'd be two teams that he's gotten to a Super Bowl in his short career, Chris. And quick note, too, right, Jose? There's a lot of guys on that team that are kind of unsung here, or yeah. unsung guys, right? Amara St. Brown out oh, of USC, right? One it. of the best receivers in the NFL. People were sleeping on him left and right, right, coming into the NFL. Uh, you know, obviously, you have Jamison Williams, right? He's had dealt with some issues as far as uh, off the field early on in his career, but he's a guy that's a big time, has a huge ceiling at the wide receiver position. And then Sam Laporta. You want to talk oh. about a guy that has become an, an impact player for the Lions? He's made me so much cheese this They're, year. You know, they had the whole debate about uh, they should have you know a, a, the whites versus black Super Bowl. You know, to play to, to you know because uh, Richard Mendenhall, an idiot, goes out there and, and tosses that out there and uh, for red meat for all you know social media people out there. But you know they're talking about the teams, right? And this is how much Sam Laporte is kind of respected in the NFL right now. They're putting Sam Laporte up there with the likes of Travis Kelsey and George Kittle and other guys in the league. That's how uh, how renowned he is right now in the NFL. Another guy that that was not necessarily look. Obviously, there's expectations when you're a first round pick coming in the NFL, but uh, not to the likes of what uh, Sam's been able to put up in his rookie season. Uh, one of the best rookie season tight end seasons in the history of the league. So, uh, yeah, there's a lot of guys that are on this team, Jose, that uh, that are kind that are kind of overlooked. And Jared Goff was one of them, but it can also be a thing quickly uh, that there's multiple things to be true, right? The Rams got over because the Rams got Matthew Stafford, and what did they do? They won a Super Bowl yeah. with Matthew Stafford, so that's a great thing, right, for the Rams. Uh, but it was also it also turned out, as you pointed out, to be a good thing for the Detroit Lions that Jared Goff is now wearing a Lions uniform. Chris Wynn, the most happy Detroit Lions fan in all of Las Vegas and probably yeah. all of the U.S. right now. But once again, Jose Volonte, Christian Wynn, you guys are tuning in to the T.C. Martin Show. We're going to take a quick little break. But remember, if you miss any part of this show or any other show, go to tcmartinshow.com under the podcast section. Also, check out the interview page and hear from our great guests. Go to the current and classic interview pages anytime at tcmartinshow.com. But we'll be right back after this commercial break. I got something for you. Here's the man, the myth, the oracle has spoken, the mouth. You hear me talking? T.C. Martin. Today has been a good day. I'm not going to lie. Jose Volonte, Chris Wynn, sitting in for T.C. Martin live here on the T.C. Martin Show, 1400 AM KSHB Radio, 107.1 on the FM dial, and of course, streaming worldwide. TCMartinShow.com. You miss any part of the show, just go on the website, check it out. Anything you miss, it's right there. We've had a lot of football conversations this whole hour and a half that we've been on the radio so far, but it's time to switch it up a little. We got to get into some NBA conversation. Detroit Pistons are on fire right now, but we're going to talk about that in a few moments. In, in, a, in a certain way, right, Jose Volante? <laughs> and speaking about fire, there's one guy that just doesn't seem to be able to get away from the fire or the line of fire, as we say, right? John Morant does it again, once again. And, and, and if you saw the video, last night scores a bucket, gets dunked, celebrates, and puts out the guns, puts them back, and then he goes over there. A couple of his teammates didn't really celebrate with him. I don't know if you guys noticed that on the video. They kind of gave him the cold shoulder. That's one. I put it out on, on Twitter or X, whatever we call it now, and I get murdered for it. People are coming. What did he do? Ah, uh, really? He's not learning. What is he not learning? 
Okay, I'm not saying that he's not allowed to celebrate. People are telling me this is a Louisiana celebration. It's been going on for years. A lot of players do it in New Orleans, blah, blah, blah. blah. I get that. I'm not saying you're not allowed to celebrate. But when you've been in trouble with your employer for flashing guns, for anything that has to do with guns, why would you do any type of gestures that have to do with guns when you just came back from your suspension? At the end of the day, the NBA and Adam Silver are going to dissect every little thing that John Moran does, whether it's on or off the field, in the locker room, at home, on social media, he is being watched. And what people don't understand is that, yeah, it's an everyday regular celebration, but that everyday regular celebration at this point could possibly get him suspended or investigated once again, or have more eyes on him. You're supposed to be a role model, man. You're supposed to be showing these kids who you are and what you're really about. You say you've learned, you've been in this situation twice, and now technically, whether people want to accept it or not, he's doing it again. Yeah, it's a fake gun, it's a gesture, but you're still doing that. And why? I don't get it. The guy hasn't learned, and I don't think he's going to learn, Chris. Jose, let me start out by saying that when it comes to a talent standpoint and an expectation level, when you're discussing someone like John Morant, you're talking about the cream of the crop, right? Yeah. A guy that has the ability to be one of the all-time greats. Unfortunately, early on in his career, he's just prone to making some bad decisions. He has a general lack of self-awareness, okay? Is it a monster deal that you're, you know, is it a hill that we should die on when it comes to him making the gesture in a game? Maybe not. But you have to do some self-reflection and think about what is surrounding you right now as far as your perception, right, in the league. You brought up him as a role model. Now, look, young players in the NBA, sometimes I don't think they fully grasp that. They don't understand mm -hmm. that that there are young people that do look up to them because they have such a high profile, you know, whether it be on social media and in today's day and age. I understand that young people, it's, you know, it's a difficult thing to navigate when you're talking about social media and, you know, kind of the perception of you out there. But John Morant, you got to be smarter. Okay. I don't want to come off as, you know, the old guy on my porch here when, <laughs> when it comes to this, but I, I but I got to say it. You got to be more intelligent when 100%. it comes to some of the decisions you're making in these types of situations. All right. You can't have it. All right. I can't have it. It's like, it's like, uh, you know, uh, Rob De Niro in uh, Goodfellas when you know he's he's in the uh, the room with Paulie and with uh and 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 uh with Ray Liotta and and he's talking about his his Gumar uh and and uh and his wife and leaving him leaving his wife mm. he's like I can't have it she's coming over to the house I can't have it okay uh you can't have it if you're the Memphis Grizzlies you can't have it if you're the NBA Adam Silver's got to be just rubbing his face right now just uh you know in uh, just in disgust right I mean it's make smarter decisions okay uh yeah i did catch that game by the way because i had action on it there you uh, go. uh that, that not surprised you Memphis did tilt uh by the way jaron jackson shooter had a chance to win the game uh you know at the end there and and bricks the free throw and as we go into overtime they still end up winning the game anyway but uh but john Morant, look on the court you're an amazing talent okay they're four and oh since you came back to that team right uh, you're you're going to be an instrumental part of them if they're going to be any kind of factor when it comes to the Western Conference and the playoffs, all right? Get it together, though. Stop making these stupid mistakes, okay? And stop uh, bringing attention to yourself that is negative, right, Jose? That is something that is not uh, in any way, shape, or form beneficial for you for your career moving forward. Speaking about bad decisions, did you guys see uh, Zion's new tattoo? I just want to throw I, that out. There. I caught a glimpse of it. So, Jose, <laughs> let's set this up, right? It so, looks so Zion, good. So, Jose, let's great. set this up. Zion Williamson. He set it up know, on the wrong side. In, but yeah. You know, in his in his early years here, another young guy, right, in the NBA, <laughs> expected to be a big star. What have we been talking about with Zion, right? It's been about the weight, right? It's about he's a guy that uh, goes to every single restaurant in New Orleans and pretty much orders everything on the menu, right? Chefs love, love having him show up. Uh, he's been discussed by by former big guys that played in the NBA, like Charles Barkley, yeah. right? Who who were called out by their teammates saying, "Hey, you're fat. You got to get it together." So Zion, right, is still dealing with that. There's been also this other stuff going on where you got uh, some of his former companions, is the way I'll put it, that have, that have put him on blast on social media because he's not able to perform uh, in certain situations because of his weight. Now, Jose, as I'm setting this up, talk to me about what this is all about. All right. 
So if you guys follow me on, on Twitter, Jose underscore Volante, you can see that I retweeted the picture of Zion's brand new chest tattoo. Yeah. The only problem is I, I think the tattoo artist forgot the leveler or the ruler <laughs> or the measuring tape because if you guys are looking at what I'm looking at, it's highly shifted to the left. <laughs> it's a giant cross with a tiger or lion in the middle, but it's not in the middle. It's a little bit to the side, Chris. So does he have to get a new tattoo artist? Does that tattoo artist need some glasses? I mean, what, what's going on here, Chris? You saw the picture. Is this normal or is that what he wanted, do you think? Or is this he, a new he style? May, he may try to portray this and, uh, and, and get the narrative the shifted in a way where he's and, uh, shifted, no pun intended, no. <laughs> to a way in which he's trying to make it out like, oh, yeah, I meant to do this. But, Jose, as I talked oh, to you and Numchuck in the break about this, what's the first thing that came to my mind when I saw this? First of all, it was hilarious because I went online and I saw all the uh, you know Pelicans fans as well as oh, Zion fans grilling. going on there just basically trolling him and hammering him about this. But the first thing that came to my mind was that flick with Jason Sudeikis, right? <laughs> when he's in... The trailer when he's we're in the, the trailer we're the Millers. with with the boyfriend of his of his not daughter okay uh, which is uh, uh Emma 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 uh, uh Emma Roberts yeah. uh Julia Roberts's niece and uh, it says no regret no no regrets no regrets that's the first no regrets no regrets <laughs> with an A and Jason Sudeikis who's hilarious by the way good good baller by the way too he's got a nice jumper oh yeah so Jason Sudeikis is like you sure about that. No regrets? No, not, not at all? Not one letter? Not one, not one letter at all? So that's the first thing that came to my mind. But, uh, <laughs> hey, Jose, I got to tell you, I hope there's some plan in the mix here for Zion Williamson when it comes to uh, this tack because uh, it, it didn't. It hasn't worked out so well for him when it comes to the uh, social media sphere. Let's put it that way. And here's the crazy thing about it. You're already getting grilled for being overweight, for not being competitive, for eating too much. Yes. And you come out with a picture of a tattoo that is crooked. You're going to get even more action coming your way, and you deserve it, Zion. But talking about action, what do you got? At least it's straight. Straight where? Straight down. Well, it's straight down, but it's not in the middle. I understand. But at least it's... <laughs> could you imagine if just been a crooked-ass tattoo? The tower of his chest? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's probably what it would be. I mean, at least it's, you know, hopefully, like like we were talking during the break, hopefully he's setting something up. For the side piece. And maybe. there's going to be a side piece, and it, that's just the start of it, and it's just going to cover up. All right, Zion. So this is the countdown now, okay? We need to see this the, the finished product. This looks like a collage, so I'm going to give you that. Maybe you're going to add more to it on the side. We'll see if that works. But something that needs to be added a lot more, and not just a side. W's. is W's. For W's, Jose Pistons. Vellante. Detroit Pistons are a lead worse 2-28. and 28. Holy and on cow. A, 27 game winning streak. I'm sorry, losing streak. So if my math is correct, that means you guys were uh two and one. You had a winning record when the season started, and you haven't won a game. Let's talk about that. We had two victories. I say we because I'm a you know a lifelong Detroit Pistons yeah. fan. So I'll say that. All right, I'll own it. Okay. We got two wins. I believe it were two wins uh against the same. I want to say the Brooklyn Nets maybe in the beginning of the season. The the two victories. It, you know, in the first three games of the season, and they just have lost every single game since, right? Um, it's kind of astounding. It is rather sickening. Uh, it is unexpected. Why do I say that? The Detroit Pistons have a nice core. They got some young players that are quality there in Detroit. When you're talking about a Cade Cunningham, who, by the way, has play as uh, played in ten games, Jose Vellante, in which he scored over thirty points in the NBA. His record is 0-10. He's lost every single game in which he scored 30 or more points. And by the way, during this stretch of 27 straight losses, Kate Cunningham has had a number of 40-point games. He scored 40 in some of these games. And why is this surprising, though? It's surprising because they have Kate. They have Jaden Ivey. They have Jalen Duren. They, you know, they have some nice pieces there in Detroit. They have the kid, Asur Thompson, who they drafted this year, who I think is going to be a good player in the NBA. It is not a guard. So when you think about teams like this that usually lose 27 straight, right? Or the previous record, which was 26, which I believe the Rockets did it. And another, uh, I think the Sixers did it too, as well, too. Those are the other two teams that lost 26 straight. 
What are you talking about when you're talking about teams like that? You're talking about garbage teams, right? Teams that are probably going to be getting the number one pick for the next two or three seasons or in the mix, obviously, because of the lottery, mm-hmm. right? You're thinking of garbage franchises that don't have any stars, that have no hope of winning, right? Those are the type of teams that you expect this to happen. You don't expect it to happen with a team like the Pistons. They were, look, they weren't picked to be one of the best teams in the East this year, but they were picked to be you know respectable mm-hmm. in the East, right? And that was because of Cade and Jaden and those guys. So it's astounding to kind of see it because of the makeup of this team. And then you have the head coach. Monty, Monty Williams was the darling of the NBA coming into the offseason. Like, the Pistons were revered. Troy Weaver, the general manager of Detroit, was revered because for hiring Monty Williams. And by the way, they gave him the biggest contract, I believe, of any coach in the NBA. I think he's the highest paid coach in the NBA because, because there are other franchises that wanted, yeah. that wanted Monty Williams because of what he did in Phoenix and how that all went down. So you bring in, obviously, Monty Williams. Another reason why you would expect the Pistons to, to have a year like they've had so far this year. So you have a head coach who is respected, and uh, you have a, you know, a general manager who has made some decent moves outside of the Killing Hayes move, which they drafted number 7 overall back in 2020, who's been a complete bust. And, I, and myself and other people that follow the Pistons on social media and with Detroit media and bantered back and forth, I've made it abundantly clear. I think Killing Hayes is no business, and they keep, for some reason, they just keep playing this guy. He's horrible. But I digress. They have a roster. You have a head coach. You had a general manager that up until this season was pretty respected, and they thought they were going in the right direction, and now it's all gone south, and uh, and the knives are out, okay? Uh, uh, you've, got, you've got people that aren't even Pistons fans, or yourself, and other, I mean, others that are saying, how is Monty Williams going to keep this job? Is he going to be able to keep this job? And it, it seems almost absurd, right? You just gave him this year uh, that contract, and you're, you're, they're gonna, they have to consider firing him? They kind of do. I don't necessarily want them to, but I kind of think they do because this is unprecedented, and uh, it, it's, just a, it's just a bad situation all around. And by the way, uh, not only should, uh, should uh, it, Monty Williams be on the hot seat, Troy Weaver absolutely should be on the hot seat as well, too, because the general manager, you're going to get catch most of the flack here in a situation like this, Jose. So your first three games of the year. Right. Miami, you lost. Mm-hmm. Charlotte, you won. Yeah. Chicago, you won. Okay, so that so it was Chicago and Charlotte. Okay, so it wasn't the same team. But start out 2-1, and one, Jose, and it's gone south ever since. It's gone completely south. And here's the thing, Chris. It, 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 it starts to ask the question, is Monty Williams really a great coach? And what I mean by that, we mm-hmm. saw what he did with a – core of veteran-led players. Yeah. Great, great squad. He's got a great young roster right now with a lot of talent. So does this mean that he's not one of those coaches that can develop this talent and create good teams, or he just needs those vets? For me, on the outside looking in, not being a college, an NBA coach or any right. of that or in the organization, I don't think that he can actually build a team with young talent. I think he's a guy... That's a plug and play. He needs veterans. He needs superstars, and he's got to have that type of team. Well, I think it's a combination of things, right? It's 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 absolutely the points that you made, but it's also there's an element of this too that uh, a coach is just put in a no win situation, right? It's just a bad, horrible, historic situation that is that has taken place, and you know you happen to be the guy that's at the helm. I'm not going to sit here and blame Monty Williams for everything, of course not, because of a you know because of this historic losing streak in this in his first season, right? Uh, as the Mountaineers get in the end zone in uh, the uh, the Duke's Mayo Bowl, but like yes, I mean you have to, there has to be some type of accountability. I guess is what I'm trying to say, right? When when a, a a situation presents itself where you lose 27 straight games in the NBA, which by the way is absurd. Okay, everybody in the NBA is the top basketball league in the world. You're the best players in the world in the NBA. It is outrageously ridiculous that you lose 27 straight games. Okay, I I, w- I was talking with uh, our guy Paul McKeskey, former you know 12 year NBA veteran, last night about this, and I was kind of chung in cheek. I'm like, no. Should they just, uh, you know, should they dock their salaries for the last month and a half because they haven't been able to win a, a basketball game? And uh, he, he he shot back at me. He was hilarious. Mo's like, hey, are they going to shut down your radio show because your radio show sucks? And I'm like, no, probably not. But the point being is that, I mean, I mean it is historically hor- horrible. And uh, it's hard to take pride in a situation like this, right, Jose? If you're just so bad that you're losing every single And I And I got I to gotta say this, and I got to get your take, right? 
I feel for Kate Cunningham, right? I mean, he good at post game press conferences every time. He's just exasperated. He is just at, at a loss for words. You know, it's it's got to be extremely difficult for a young, great player like that. And I think he's going to be a great player, Kate Cunningham. He already is kind of established that he's he's going to be a, a top player. It, it's really difficult for him. Really difficult for Jade Nivey and Duran these guys. Uh, and of course, difficult for Monty Williams, right? Uh, to try to kind of address this in the media and have to deal with this when uh, it is just going so bad for all things Detroit Pistons basketball right now. So I know we're against the clock here, Jose Volante, Chris Wynn here on the show, TC Martin Live. I want to stake to the NBA real quick. The majority stake of the Mavericks sold for roughly $3.5 billion has already been approved, yeah. so Mark Cuban has that. The one thing that's not being talked about, Chris, real quick, and I want to get your opinion, everyone says, what is Mark really going to do? Is he going to buy another franchise? Is he going to stay in the sport? He's going to have control of the team still. They said he's going to still yeah. have full basketball operation control. But here's something that no one's talking about. I did a little bit of digging, did some research, and I kept trying to figure out, why would he sell this team for so much, right? Why would he do that? Why would he step away from Shark Tank as well, which is something that he's had going on for 10-plus years, making money, growing that show, right? So then I took a step back, and I went away from the sports aspect of it. He's huge into medical Pharma, yeah. medicine, all that stuff, right? He wants to go against big pharma companies. He wants to basically take them down. Not in those words, but he's always been very passionate about that, right? He owns a town in Houston, Texas, or Texas, I believe. It's called Mustang, Texas. Mm -hmm. Population is 27 people. Why is no one talking about him using some of this money? Probably going out there, building a big type of company, start going against these big pharmaceutical companies. He's got the money to do it now. He's got a small, nice, quiet piece of land where he can build whatever he wants, and he's got people that live there that are going to be willing to work. So is this the next move, you think, for him, going away from sports completely and possibly using this to go against big pharma? I know it's going away sports, but I want to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, I take a look at it from a little bit different perspective. Now, look, uh, uh when it comes to Mark Cuban, what you're addressing, of course, is his involvement when it comes to prescription drugs, yes, right? He's been correct. very instrumental uh, when it comes to uh, driving down the prices, right? He wants to uh, be someone who's instrumental in that when it comes to driving down the, the price of prescription drugs. So I, I don't anticipate that he's going to uh, shy away from uh, being involved in that. Now, addressing the basketball situation, right? Now, he sold it, I believe, to, uh, was it Adelson's widow, right? Yeah. Uh, so the Adelson, Comp Adelson family, Sands apparently, is going to have the majority stake in the Dallas Mavericks. Yet, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but I think Mark Cuban is still going to be controlling the basketball aspects All of day. it, right? has not changed. So, he is, so he's still going to be involved from a basketball standpoint when it comes to the Dallas Mavericks. I think this move kind of just lends towards, uh, you know, making it more attractive from a Vegas standpoint, right? Gotcha. To get a franchise here. But look, it's, it, the ship has sailed. There, there's going to be an NBA franchise here in Vegas, okay? It's just if and when. That's that, all it is. Yeah. That, that's just nudging it along a little bit. So uh, I don't think – so to answer your question, Jose, I don't think necessarily he's going to be stepping away from his, from his involvement when it comes to the basketball side of things and the Mavericks. But, yes, he'll absolutely be taking up ventures because it does – because this deal – uh, and look, I'm not going to sit here and act like I'm a financial expert, but I, I think <laughs> it creates some kind of financial flexibility is the word I'll use for a guy like a Mark Cuban, where he can do something like you just proposed, right? Where he can set up warehouses or he can set up a, a, a company. And again, I don't know things about structural standpoint when it comes to pharmaceutical companies, but yeah, there absolutely could be a scenario that presents itself where he goes out there and does uh, set up shop in Texas and uh, build a warehouse and build an infrastructure for a company that makes it uh, highly beneficial for our senior citizens and 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 all American citizens to get uh, cheaper prescription drug prices. So I think it's a great thing that Mark's doing, but I don't necessarily know if it's it's a situation where Mark Cuban's going to be stepping away from the NBA. You know what I mean? He's been a great thing for the league since he came in in the late '90s, right? With those Maverick, with the with the Dirk Nowitzki, with his head shaved, with Michael Finley and the boys. And he kind of, you know, uh, revolutionized Nelson. how owners operate in the NBA and in sports, quite frankly, right? This is another thing I talked with Paul McKeskey about yesterday, uh, is that, uh, you know, he changed the game when it came to travel, when it came to amenities for the players on these teams, right? NBA teams didn't, uh, there wasn't an, uh, an overabundance of NBA teams having their own private charters or own private planes, right? 
Mark Cuban kind of nudged that in that direction where now, you know, that's kind of it's, it is a standard now in the NBA where you get yeah, you do have those perks. You do attend to the players needs in that way, shape or form. Right. He had the laptops and the, you know, in the locker rooms, those kinds of things for the players. My point is that I, I don't think that uh, the NBA is better off with Mark, you know, kind of sidestepping out the door. I hope that uh, he's still involved with that with the Mavericks organization and uh, is still a fixture there in Big D. Chris Wynn, Jose Volante, we're basically at the end of the show. I greatly appreciate everyone that called in, T.C. Martin, for being a, a guest on his own show here with us. But, Chris, real quick, 30 seconds, VGK on the road against the Anaheim Ducks. VGK coming in as minus 240, 5-4-1 in their last 10, kind of taking a back seat there. Do they win tonight? What do you think? Yeah, a little bit of uh, bumps in the road, right, on that East Coast trip, essentially, where they're losing to teams. that They're kind of, look, they're, they're quality hockey clubs out there. Uh Jose, what's up with these weird numbers, these minus 200-plus numbers in the NHL, you know? And then I go to the window, Mr. Volante and Numchuck, and I take those numbers, and then the the underdog you know, wins 5-1. to Prevail. One. What's going on, man? Come on. I don't think that's the case, though, here. I think Vegas uh, starts the post-Christmas run uh, on, a, on a good note against the Ducks down in Orange County tonight. They got to catch those Vancouver Canucks, man. They're having a great year so far. But see Win, let them know where they can find you, my man. All over social media, folks. You find me at Christian Wynn on, on X, formerly Twitter. Of course, you can find me at uh, CWIN77 on Instagram, across the board. I have a TikTok account now, folks. Love me some TikTok. I'm on there as well, too, at Christian Wynn. And uh, find me all over the dial, right, Jose Volante? Very much like Mr. Volante, where I'm uh, all over Las Vegas Sports Radio. There we go. Myself, Jose underscore Volante on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, whatever you want. Instagram, I'm there. And, of course, Straight Bet Sports. We were live on the video today, so if you guys want to catch any of that previous stuff of me and Chris bantering back and forth in the studio, you can definitely do so. And moving forward in the new year, all my work, videos, interviews, podcasts, all that will be on the outlet sv.com forward slash straight bet sports you can find all my content moving forward for this new year got a lot of things in the works chris and you're going to be a part of it so i greatly appreciate each and every one of you i won't be on the radio for the new year but i want to say to both of you nunchuck and chris happy new year stay blessed to you and your families grateful to have you in my life till next time guys don't drink don't drive if you do so get an uber get a lift get home safe we'll see you guys tomorrow with tc martin here 2 to 4 p.m we are out peace